Welcome to Military Network Radio, where we'll bring dynamic interviews and fresh information about topics affecting your quality of life at each stage of your military service. Join us each week for information of value that improves your outlook, actions, and encourages each member of the family, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Everyone serves, and together we make a difference. And now, here's your host, Linda Crater. Welcome to Military Network Radio. We're glad that you have joined us today. I am joined today by Pamela Stokes Eggleston as co-host, and we're talking to Elle Brown today, an incredibly accomplished former military wife who has done some personal growth through learning how to manage some challenges in life, um, to be healthier, and to be more mindful about intentionally living the way she wanted to always live. And so I am very excited to have Elle. We've been featuring her on Veteran Caregiver as a recommended reading book. She wrote a wonderful book, and I'll let her tell you about that. And I, with no further ado, Elle, I'd love to have them listen to you instead of me. Welcome to our program and Military Network Radio. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Cannot wait to share with your listeners. Oh, well, they love sharing, so that's a good thing. So why don't you start with your story and how you came to write the book and, and other points that you'd really like to get across because you have a very interesting background. Sure. Um, I started my journey as a stay-at-home mom and wife. I basically went about life doing what all moms and wives do, caring for my family, making sure that everybody's needs were met. Somewhere along that line, I forgot to meet my own needs. And there's a a statement that Oprah made some time ago that people sometimes think is a bit cliche when they give the analogy of the airline stewardess saying, you know, take your oxygen first so that you can care for the individuals around you. Well, although that may be a little cliche, it is whole so true to life. Mm-hmm. So during my journey as a wife and mom, I forgot to take my oxygen. I forgot to care for me so that I could care for the people that I loved. Um, so towards the end of my time in those capacities as a, as a wife, I began to look at myself, and I just didn't recognize the woman that I had become. I was 37 years old at the time, and I literally was in my house cleaning up, happened to stand up and catch a glimpse of myself in the mirror, and did not recognize myself. It was. Now, what did you mean by that when you say that? I mean, physically, I was I was at home, and you know. When you take time to look in the mirror when you're preparing to go out, you're putting on your makeup, you're doing your hair, you're putting on all the fixings to make yourself presentable to the public. And I spent so much time fixing up so I would look presentable to the public. It was one of those raw moments where I just happened to be home, cleaning my house, go to pick up a piece of paper. I pop up and I catch a glimpse of myself in the mirror. Mm -hmm. And I looked old. And I was <laughs> And you were 37. And I was 37. And I spent about 10 or 15 minutes just pulling at my skin, looking at myself, wondering how in the world did this happen? Mm. And that was March 29th of 2013. 
I did not recognize myself in the mirror. What was going through your head at that point? You know, it was, it was more of a, um, wow, how this is, this can't be so. And at that point I realized that I was a lot larger than I thought I was. So I started to try on some clothes and fix myself up a bit. And I used to teach elementary school in Seoul, South Korea. While there, I had some boots made for myself. I was not yet married and I hadn't had children yet. So I did have some foresight to, you know, go ahead and put a little extra room in the shed just (laughs) just in case. Right. Well, I went to put on those boots and the boots would not zip up. Oh, no. Oh, no. Exactly. Then I stepped on the scale and I was 301.8 pounds. And it's one of those things where you would think, you know, well, how didn't she know that she was 301.8 pounds? But when you live your life in yoga pants and sweatshirts, running to the grocery Mm. store, picking up a son from school, organizing play dates, you know, I would go, if we had an event, I would run into Macy's and I would try to find something that fit. I would get a big poofy dress. I just, I just never stepped on a scale. So I thought, you know, okay, I know I'm heavier than 250 right now. So I might be 260 or I might be two, two something. But when I saw 301.8, I knew that something had to give. Mm. You know, I I think weight is one of those things that do, it creeps over time, just like everything else. Poor mm-hmm. habits creep over time, and, and somehow you find yourself in a place you never anticipated to be. But I'm guessing that it was much more than just your weight that was surprising you at that point. Well, at that point, um, I was I had difficulty with pregnancies earlier in our marriage. Mm-hmm. And so I would have um, obsessive thoughts about procreation. So my doctor prescribed Zoloft for me. So one thing about Zoloft, um, it muted everything in life for me. So mind you, although I was 301.8 pounds, although there were things going on in my marriage that now, you know, were less than ideal, a lot of that I didn't really notice while I was in that situation Mm -hmm. because I was muted to all of that. The one way I would describe myself on Zoloft is if you ask me something, even if it's something that I would normally disagree with, my answer would pretty much be like, all that you saying sound real good. <laughs> you know, it was, <laughs> 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 it was, it, I was, I was mellow. I was, I was very mellow. But what happened when I decided that I wanted to lose the weight, one of the things that I did, I came off the Zoloft because that, that um, would have, made it difficult for me to lose weight because I wasn't urgent about anything. I wasn't, I, I don't, I, muted is the best word. I, there's no get up and go. There was no oomph. So when I came off the Zoloft, that's when I started to see things. You know, I'm, I'm fascinated. I'm going to just leap ahead and then we'll come back. Okay. But your story was so compelling that you were on Dr. Oz talking about this. Yes. Um, again, when I came off the Zoloft, I decided to um, just start walking. So mm-hmm. I walked every day. I walked my son to school and 
Um, when I was about 50 pounds down, I started to run with a running group. Well, the running group met in Maryland. So I didn't want to drive to Maryland every other day to run. So I decided that I would run in my neighborhood and I would take a snapshot of myself after each run for accountability. So I call these snapshots sweat checks. Well, about two, three weeks into my posting my daily sweat checks, other people online started posting sweat checks as well and tagging me in them. Oh, that's so, great. It was uh, fantastic, L, because, I mean, those sweat checks, that really, Linda, her thing on Facebook blew up. I'm, I'm interrupting, but it was just the most wonderful, inspirational thing that was organic. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of times, particularly with Elle's story and what she's said thus far, um, is just very organic. I mean, and it was just inspiring. Well, so, it's real. It, it's genuine. Right. And you right. want, you, I think people do want to root for people who are really working hard to try and make themselves better, don't you? And, and that's what happened. At first, it was go, L go. And it gave me motivation. And then it became, L, we're with you. And people who hadn't ran in years or who hadn't ever ran or walked before started walking with me. And that's what landed uh, the story on the Dr. Oz show. Not so much that I lost weight, but through my journey, other people were motivated and inspired to start their own journey. Which is fantastic because whenever you have some sort of, I'll call this an accountability group, you Mm -hmm. inspired people and then you had all these people following you. You were very public about it. And then other people put their goals out there too and became accountability partners with you. It's a wonderful way to make sure you keep following through. Have you kept up with those people? I have. And many of them have lost significant amounts of weight. One of the beauties of the sweat check with L Brown's Facebook group is it's very fluid. So people come, they get their motivation. And when they find their groove and they find their rhythm, they go off and do the things that they enjoy. So you may come in now and some of the women who are there now may not be there four months from now, because once they find their rhythm, they go on and do the activities that they love to do, because it's all about building healthy habits to maintain throughout your life. Well, and it is, and it's more than just exercise. You're talking about determination, being accountable, being very intentional, feeling the satisfaction of the goals. And we've got about two minutes until the break, and I would like to talk about the book after the break because I've got lots of questions about that. Sure. What would you say was the most impactful thing that you learned from that early part of the journey? The hardest part of any workout, the hardest part of any journey are those first few steps. Mm -hmm. If you can keep going past those first few steps, those first five times opening your door, turning the doorknob and walking outside, you got it. You just got to get past that initial hump. It's all gravy after that. So it's basically that motivation comes after the action. After the action, because, you know, you can think about it, think about it, think about it, but you will never regret the time you spent out there. You just do that over and over again. It's all about baby steps. It's all you'll get more and more motivated as you move, as it becomes a part of your life, as you see the results. But you can't see those results if you don't keep moving. Well, and, and you're absolutely right. How long did it take to become a habit for you? 
for a habit, true to form, it took about three weeks. Mm-hmm. It took about three weeks. That's Perfect. I love that. Um, we're going to talk about the book Elle wrote, her experience on Dr. Oz. Pam, would you have anything to add quickly before the break? Um, no, the, this is just, I'm just so excited to be speaking to Elle about her journey and about her, her lifestyle. So I'm looking forward to more discussion. Well, healthy discussions before the holidays is always a good thing to do as well. Yes. We're listening yes. to Military Network Radio, and we will be right back after this very short break. We're Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. We often ask, is that all there is? Why is this happening to me? Why am I always broke? How am I going to survive this mess? Then join Dr. Geraldine Tegeloff for Nature Spirits Speak, 7 p.m. Tuesday evenings on Toginet.com. Geraldine is a metaphysician, nature intuitive, and prosperity coach who shares with you how she went from totally broke to living what she would call her perfectly prosperous life. Through the combination of a wealth of metaphysical knowledge and her amazing ability as an intuitive, Geraldine brings to you the secrets of her magical journey of healing emotionally, spiritually, and financially. As with the ancient seers and master teachers, Geraldine has a unique gift of being able to connect to the simple yet profound messages brought to us by Mother Nature. And happily shares these through today's note to self on her webpage, naturespiritspeak.com. If you need help with your journey, why not connect with Geraldine during her show, Nature Spirit Speak, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central on toginet.com. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Many of us look forward to the holidays all year long. It is such a magnificent opportunity to get together with family and friends and decorate and give gifts and eat the most delicious food. But numerous people dread the holidays. As far as their weight, health, and exercise are concerned, they know they'll have so much temptation and chances to derail their healthy lifestyle. Many just resolve themselves into thinking that gaining weight over the holidays is a fact and there is no way to avoid it. But it doesn't have to be that way. I want you to embrace the holidays. Have a plan before you go to any dinner, party, or event and decide what you're going to eat and stick with it. Yes, there will be temptation, but you can overcome it. Stay with the plan and reap the benefits. You can contact us at fitnessminute at annettehammond.com. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. Serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. We're here with Elle Brown and learning more about her journey and her book and her experiences on Dr. Oz, etc., 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 but mostly about taking the first steps toward healthy living, feeling better about yourself, the way things out, becoming accountable. Talk about intentional living, and somebody is having a lot of things on the floor. I can hear it in the background. So, Elle, as you are talking, let's talk about why you wrote the book. Well, the reason to write the book. Sure. The reason why I wrote the book was um, I was getting a lot of feedback from individuals who were attempting to start their own journey. So when they would see me 
on Facebook, they would send me private messages and say, mm-hmm. L, you know, what would your advice be on this? Or how would you propose I go about doing that? And I would answer each and every email that I received in my inboxes. Wow. Well, in January of 2014, I wrote an article for military.com spouse buzz. Mm-hmm. And that article was 26 tips that I used in my journey. Well, from that article, I started to get so many private messages that I could no longer answer them all. Mm. So at that point, I started um, making kind of like Facebook journal posts Mm -hmm. about different things I was doing on my journey. I made my page public so that people could then come in and see some of the things that I was doing. And then I decided that, you know, hey, I'm doing all this writing. Let me just chronicle it all in a book. So the book was another organic process. It was one of those things where so many people were asking about this um, experience that I had. I said, well, if I chronicle it down once, then I've told it. And from that point on, I could say, hey, it's all in a book. And that's what I did. That's terrific. I'm wondering how much you attribute being in the military as being able to uh, drive toward the mission and the goal. Did that fall into a play at all? Well, I think more so than my experience in the military community, it might be my personality. Maybe. Um, which <laughs> is something that, that drove me to um, work with the military because my introduction to the military community was that of a DOD teacher overseas. So at 24, Mm -hmm. I got on my very first plane ride ever and I went to Japan (laughs) and I taught elementary school on a naval installation there. So I've always been, um, thank you, very achievement oriented. Mm -hmm. And I think with the book, it was one of those things. It was kind of on my bucket list already. Didn't necessarily know what I would write a book about. So I just say, hey, let me write about something that people are interested in. I'm actually working on my second book now, but it's more along the lines of what I do for a living, which is early child education. Um, tell our listeners the name of your book. I know it's on Amazon, and it's also on Veteran Caregiver. So take, could you take a moment and just tell us the name of the book, please? Sure. It's Snapback with L. Brown, Strategies to Snap Back to Your Best Self. Snapback. I like that. Did was that something that people were telling you back or was that the elastic in those sweatpants that no longer? <laughs> that is what I told my girlfriend when she was like, L, what are you doing? I'm like, girl, I'm trying to get my snap back. <laughs> and it just became one of those things. And another military spouse told me like, you know what, L, that should be the title of your next book because you say that all the time. I was like, that was my goal to get my snap back. So as you chronicled your posts into this book, did you find the process um, motivational to you, cathartic, um, more uh, inspiring, or did you find yourself kind of wondering how in heaven's name did I do all this? I'm actually very proud of myself. Well, I am very proud of myself. However, I've always been a journaler. So Mm -hmm. the only difference now I, I do it on social media. So in most aspects of my life, I just share publicly. Mm -hmm. It helps me um, build an audience for business purposes as well as inspire others personally. So I've just found that many of the things that I go through in life, many other people are going through in life. And I've learned to tell my stories in ways that I kind of leave out of the, the details because I've learned that my intrinsic 
Um, motivations may be different than someone else because my experiences are different. So I've learned to tell my life and stories so that people can pull and pick from my story to get what they need for their journey. You you just made a very profound statement. I think that life is very interesting when told in stories. And so few people know how to tell their life in stories. And yet when you do, that old oral history used to be the way that things were, all wisdom was passed down. Right. So you're actually continuing yeah. an ages old tradition of passing down things in stories. And the funny part is people will remember stories. Right. And I'm sure that's part of the reason that People were inspired about it. So the book grew easily uh, with great motivation, or was this something you had to diligently pursue? Well, the book grew easily because I, I'm a teacher by trade. So mm-hmm. I decided to write my book in more of a curriculum format. So mm-hmm. the book has 26 lessons. So those 26 tips became 26 lessons. And then towards the end of the lesson, I say, let's do the work. And then we have an activity that we have to do so that you can then, you know, make those lessons become tangible. So I sat down and I wrote a curriculum and my book is is that curriculum. So I kind of took my professional skill set and I applied it to the book, which made it um, a let's taxing endeavor mm-hmm. well I think that that's I think it was a brilliant way to write it her her um you know it was very easy to follow too because of that because of the outlining and for somebody like type a like myself it was very easy to navigate through that um L, I have a question about um just life in general we can talk about physical weight and how you saw yourself, but emotionally, in terms of shedding emotional weight, um, getting back in touch with that, um, you know, your feelings, your sensations, your emotions, and the spiritual side of that, what part um, of all of that helped with the physical piece? Oh, my goodness. I would say that my runs were my tame and the crazy. I could <laughs> Well, it was, put. <laughs> it was nature's Zoloft because I would give yes. myself that time mm-hmm. that. So it got to the point where like I, I did four miles before this interview because I need that. That's where I sort out my thoughts. That's where I talk to God. That's mm-hmm. where I align my goals. That's where I get centered. I get centered on the pavement. That is my time where I'm completely uninterrupted in business and in personal. I constantly have people coming at me, however, in a good way, but nonetheless, energy that I have to dispense to others. However, when I'm on the pavement, it is just me, my God, my thoughts, my music and my shoes. And that is my time. And I know, Pam, you're thinking it's, it's yeah, I am thinking because and well, emotional health, it all goes together. And so often yes. people think that it, it does not. And I'm sure from that moment of looking in the mirror, yes, you saw the physical weight, but that emotional mm-hmm. weight had to be great as well. But I think that you have a very inspiring state of mindset is what I would call it, a, a very inspiring mindset because you set aside your goals and you, you went for it. So the snapback, uh, may I ask how many pounds you lost? Sure. I lost 100 pounds in 274 days. Oh, my goodness. That makes a difference because the cover for our listeners of the book has the picture of her holding out these pants 
that I don't know could snap back anymore. They were, it just is a wonderful visual. And so do you keep those just to keep I you do. motivated? I do. I, I'm glad I kept them. I don't know why I kept them. They're like, the things from the cover are the only two items I kept from my um, former life. And when I was on the Dr. Oz show, they were like, can you please bring the dress? <laughs> <laughs> so now I know that I will not discard of those, those two items because in the future, when I do attend events, sometimes um, I will bring those. And in the past, I brought those to speaking engagements as well. People like the visual. Well, yes. this will help yes. because I, I think also sometimes you think you're not making progress. And so pictures, uh, clothing, um, you know, just your mindset, all of those things are milestones on that journey. So it's nice to have it to compare it to. Yes. And for me, I, I look at that now and it's, it's so hard to believe, but, you know, that dress was snug. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think the visual is how the physical is how you first get to know a person or you get to see, or you see yourself. And, you know, we look in the mirror, but as you peel back those emotional layers, those spiritual layers of what's really um, what Chris Carr from Crazy Sexy Cancer always says, um, what are you eating and what's eating you? Right. And so when you look at some of these things and you begin to peel back these layers, you can really, um, you know, make some uh, profound changes. And I think that that, yeah, that spiritual practice, I love that, Elle, because I know she posts on her sweat checks. So she's done runs and I'm like, yeah, you know, I could run a little bit. But Elle, you know, I do my yoga and meditation diligently. And I think it's right that um, everyone has a spiritual practice, whatever that is. I talk to God. I listen to God. Um, I like to say prayer is when you talk to God. Meditation is when you listen. Mm. And I do that every morning and it informs your day. And it's, it's part of my life. It's not something I do. It's something that I am. You know, wow. it's, like, it's, it's, it's something that I am. And so I really can appreciate. And running used to be that way for me, too, before my knees got kind of shot. So I had to take it down a notch. And I still run, but don't tell anybody. <laughs> don't tell my doctor. Um, right. Because I know about that natural Zoloft, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and one of the things I say about the weight loss, you know, the thing is, I had lost 40 pounds before anyone even noticed that I had lost any weight at all. And the weight loss really is just a manifestation of the work that I was doing inside. But it's the evidence that others were able to see of the work that I was doing. And that's one of the things that I tell individuals who are starting the journey. It really does have to be an intrinsic one, because if you are someone who is 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 larger, there may be some time before outside elements will understand that you're even on a journey because if you're at 300 pounds when you lose 25 pounds you're still a size 22 if you are 300 pounds and you lose 30 pounds you're a size 20 so it's one of those things where it wasn't until i was 40 pounds down that people say hey are you losing weight (laughs) but i was almost halfway through my journey so by the time people started cheering me on it wasn't something that I needed to keep going. It was it was wonderful to hear. It was nice to have a community. But by the time I started running, I was 50 pounds down. So one of those things about starting a journey, it has well, to be your own thing. we got to take a thing. break. We'll be right back. We're Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages.
In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central, Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Girasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward with tips, tools, advice, and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on Doginet.com. We often ask, is that all there is? Why is this happening to me? Why am I always broke? How am I going to survive this mess? Then join Dr. Geraldine Tegeloff for Nature Spirits Speak, 7 p.m. Tuesday evenings on Toginet.com. Geraldine is a metaphysician, nature intuitive, and prosperity coach who shares with you how she went from totally broke to living what she would call her perfectly prosperous life. Through the combination of a wealth of metaphysical knowledge and her amazing ability as an intuitive, Geraldine brings to you the secrets of her magical journey of healing emotionally, spiritually, and financially. As with the ancient seers and master teachers, Geraldine has a unique gift of being able to connect to the simple yet profound messages brought to us by Mother Nature and happily shares these through today's note to self on her webpage, naturespiritspeak.com. If you need help with your journey, why not connect with Geraldine during her show, Nature Spirit Speak, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Military Network Radio, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. We're continuing our discussion with Elle Brown and her journey. And now we get to the part that I've been looking forward to. Um, Elle, you were on the Dr. Oz show, but can we take a step back before that and tell us how that came to come about? I mean, not many of us have received calls from Dr. Oz. Well, you know, it was something that was a bit self-prompted. I had a good friend of mine, Ginger Miller. She's actually the CEO of Women's Veteran Interactive. She reached out to me. I know Ginger. She lives right near us. Okay. Okay. Well, Ginger reached out to me, and she was like, Elle, you are really on to something. She was like, the stories that the women are posting on your Facebook page are inspiring. She said, you should really write it up and you should maybe get some sponsorship for this 30 miles in 30 days, which is this um, initiative that I was doing to get women off the couch and walking at least a mile a day. Well, at this point, we had one month, we had over 2,700 miles logged in with the women who were participating. And Ginger was like, you need to tell someone what's going on. Well, because my day job is Kinder Jam, I didn't really have the energy to seek out sponsorship and to make the program really official. I said, well, I did write it up because Ginger thought it was a great idea. I said, well, you know, I'm just going to send it off to a couple of publicists and see Mm -hmm. if anybody is interested. And I received an email from the Dr. Oz show and they wanted to know more about the journey. Now, at the time, I really assumed that I was coming there for a quick 
two-minute segment <laughs> right. to say, you know, I lost this weight, yada, yada, yada. I can say now that my friends are great secret keepers. <laughs> Wow. Oh, my gosh. Elle, it was so much fun because I was indirectly on that show with Elle, Linda, because <laughs> the producers, that's what she means, my friends are super, I because they reached out, the producers reached out to s- select friends from Sweat Checks, and they were like, could you do these little, a video, and could you say this? And so a few of us were contacted, and we had to do this recording, and Elle, I had my husband, he wanted to set up lighting and everything, and I was like, no, no, it can't be. Listen, I said, it has to be organic it can't be like all like a, a, a full-on video it has to look like i just did it like in five minutes you know because that's what the producers kept saying and l had no idea linda it was like no. incredible she had no idea and i was like ah oh, i know what you're gonna get when you get on there oh that's <laughs> fun yeah and it was fun the thing that makes it so funny is that i didn't even tell anybody i was going on the show so it was just one of those, you know, it was a private accomplishment. <laughs> right. I was like, wow, this is so interesting. Right. I did reach out to Ginger and she went to New York with me. Uh-huh. But when I got there, I really thought that I was going to answer. They told me you're going to answer three questions. And right. so then they were like, when I came out, it was a little more fanfare than I anticipated. <laughs> and I saw a chair. Uh-huh. I was like, wait a minute, I'm a guest. <laughs> it just caught me off guard. And so. After that, the Oz and I had a conversation about my journey. He walks me over to the screen and I'm looking at, you know, this collage of my journey. He's like, well, I want you to look over there. Some people really love you. And I thought he was talking to the friends of mine who had accompanied me there. And then the monitor starts playing and all of these women, to include Pam, who had gone with me on this journey start to tell their stories and I just completely lose it because I was caught so off guard I was not expecting that oh today. my goodness on national that, television on national yes. television women from all over <laughs> I have the got country to look up the episode that's fantastic so how long were you on there it was a full segment so it was from mm-hmm. commercial break to commercial break wow that's great. So uh, did you find that that was sort of a, a huge milestone, another thing on your bucket list that you maybe didn't even have on your bucket list? You know, the reason why I kept it private is um, I, I accomplished a lot as a military spouse. I accomplished a lot in, as, a, as a wife. Mm-hmm. And those accomplishments were always tied to another individual, And that was one of the first things that I did that was completely L. Brown. And I just want to walk in that moment. I did this. And the book came out a week. The book came out a couple weeks later. And it was um, seven days after the airing of the show. And it was an accomplishment that I had done just by being me. And that, that that was the pleasure that I got from that moment. Well, that's huge. I Absolutely. mean, I think so often if, if you're asked to pair this away, this was asked in a sermon at one point at our church. It said, okay, who are you? And mm-hmm. people were always describing themselves in their roles that were tied to other people. So what you're describing is, is very important that you peel away that the real you mm-hmm. is someone different from the one who's playing all those roles. So that's, that's very enlightening. It is. And I actually had a speaking engagement not too long ago. And I started off by saying, hi, I'm L. Brown. Mm-hmm. And I said that because there was a time in my life when I would tell you 
who I was married to, what position I held, you know, what role I played for my child, who I was to my neighbors and my sister friends. I was someone to everyone but me. Now I stand and hi, I'm L. Brown and that's enough. That is it's, enough. It is it's so enough. I think a lot of times, particularly as military or as veteran spouses, you know, people get tied, you get tied to that and the system mm-hmm. is kind of designed for that. And I have just since birth been a buck of the system. So yeah, I happen to marry who I married, <laughs> but I am Pamela and I really, whatever my interests are, I do that. And I had to, I have to have people in my life that support that. Um, and if they don't, then they, you know, generally they know where the door is, but you have to, I believe that every person was put on this earth by divine um, nature to live in their full truth. And when you don't, that's when the problems start. So you're always, you know, striving to, you have to be in your true self. Who are you in the capital Y-O-U, you know? Right. You know what I find fascinating is that um, contrary to what I would call some stereotypes, you had women supporting you. And I've always believed that strong women should support strong women, but we know that it doesn't always work that way. Did you have naysayers in the beginning who said, you don't need to change, you're just fine? No, I didn't necessarily have naysayers. However, I did have people who did not necessarily understand that Mm -hmm. I did not believe in luck. And I say this because my life looked very charmed from the outside. I Mm -hmm. was a stay-at-home mom. My ex-husband had a great deal of success in his career. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I had gotten accolades as, as a professional, as well as, as a wife and a mom. So from the outside looking in, we were picture perfect. Mm-hmm. So some people didn't necessarily understand, even people who were close to me. Why would I walk away from something that right. was so seemingly perfect? Right. Right. And so I did not have naysayers, but I did have people who didn't understand because mm-hmm. the life that I led was a life that some people prayed for. It just wasn't a life that was designed for me. And right. so what happened as people started to watch my transformation, they were like, oh, so this is who you are, because <laughs> what I have become, you can't make this up overnight. My snapback was my going back to the image that was in my mind of my ideal self, which was an image of me from an earlier point in my life before I relinquished my powers to elements outside of myself. Very well put. I, I think that becoming one's best self is, is a journey that many people take, but not everyone does. Mm-hmm. Um, some people are content not to. But those that do, I've yet to find one who wasn't pleased that they did take those steps right. to, to become their, a better version of themselves. So not comparisons or naysayers, but, but people who knew that you just wanted to become your best self. So that's a, a huge accomplishment. And the other thing with with me, I always made my journey very inclusive. Mm -hmm. So it was always a. it started out with a I got this and it became a we got this because as people start to share intimate details of their lives, I realized that we were all going through something as Mm -hmm. women. We are all carrying something, whether it's professional, family, finances, 
whatever it may be, we're carrying something. And we just want to know that, you know, we're not in this thing alone. So I have this thing where I say my village is top notch Mm -hmm. and I do have a top notch village of supporters, but it's, it's a reciprocity there. I support women and they then in turn support me. So I don't have a, uh, an instance where I've had any women who have been naysayers to me because I make sure that I pour into my village and my village continually pours into me. Well, that's the best way to be because then everything is positive and additive, even during the tough times. What would you say was the toughest part of this journey? The toughest part of this journey for me would be my consideration for the people in my family. Mm-hmm. You have to, well, I don't want to say you have, I had to make a decision. Do I take this journey knowing that there may be casualties? Mm-hmm. But the beauty of my God is when I trusted him and I took this step, every facet of my life, is better than it was before. Every facet of the life of the people that I love is better than it was before. I have a wonderful co-parenting relationship. I have a child who's thriving. I am living my ideal life and my loved ones are benefiting from it. Which is very important because we do all have an influence on those around us. And if you can make it amicable, and and very satisfying for everyone, then there are no losers in here. Mm-hmm. Everyone's uh, positive and, and personal growth has taken place, which is really important. What I love is that you continue to personally grow. You weren't satisfied at the end, not that you were dissatisfied, but that you were just continuing to grow along this journey because as a woman of great zeal, you were not going to stay the same. Status quo isn't in your vocabulary, I'm guessing. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> I, I, I believe it. We're going to go on a short break in about 20 seconds, and uh, we will come back and talk further about how you really can take steps on your own to gain motivation through taking action on becoming your best self, which if you think about it, all of us are really aiming for at any point in time. But if you wait for the motivation, it's not going to come. Take the action and it will come to you and all will be flowing in the right direction. We're going on a short break. You're listening to Military Network Radio and we'll be right back after this short message. Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. Familia, faith, identity, tradición. Latina life is never boring, but it can be muy dramática. So how do you coexist between the old school ways of la abuela and the new school life you're creating for yourself? Without losing your faith, familia, identity, or tradiciones? Welcome to Living Latina with Francesca Escoto, where culture curls and curves collide in one spicy cross-cultural conversation that will leave you begging for mas. 
Francesca tackles all the important issues from politics to family values to religion to, you guessed it, relationships and men. As chief everything officer at the Wow Factor, Francesca is passionate about showing women of all cultures, ages, and lifestyles how to rock what they've got with style, sass, and smarts. Be sure to join her every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time for Living Latina only on the Woohoo Radio Network. helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Girasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward with tips, tools, and advice, and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on Doginet.com. Everybody, everybody. Welcome back to Military Network Radio, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. We are talking about the continuing journey with L. Brown and the the way that we are all looking at personal growth these days. I think that's sort of a catch phrase right now, but it's more than that. If you are determined to be a person that continually believes in learning and growing and finding new exciting things, and if you always believe that your best days are ahead of you, even on your dark days. Mm-hmm. So if you view things Al, as everything in life is a choice and, and we are confronted with you know, t- dozens of choices every single day from what we eat to who we talk to, to what we try to accomplish, what are our lists, etc. Um, how would you say you best prioritize the choices that you make each day? Well, when I started my journey, when I looked in that mirror, the thought that I had was at 37 years old, I'm too old to be young and I'm too young to be old. Mm. I need to make a change. I, I'm old enough to know better and I'm young enough to do something about it. Mm-hmm. So I decided that I was going to live a bucket list life. Everything that I want to do in life, I wrote down. I took two weeks that I took to myself and I just wrote down everything that I wanted to do that I was afraid to say. I didn't tell anyone. And I had this internal list that I carried in my heart. So, like, for instance, this year I went to Africa. I went to Africa to build a library and I launched my program in Nairobi. 
Then starting in January, I'll be a PhD candidate at George Mason University. (laughs) Thank you. In early childhood education and early childhood special education. My son is on the autism spectrum. I am carving out a space in this world for children who have diverse learning needs. So everything that I want to do in life, I came to the conclusion that this is not a dress rehearsal. I get one life. And if I don't get it done in this life, it won't get done. And you know, when I, go I'm ahead. sorry, I'm sorry. Keep going. When I talk about I relinquished my power, what I did, I said, you know what? I'm going to sit my life on hold for 10 years, 20 years, X, Y, and Z, and I'm going to support someone else. And then when they've accomplished the things that they're going to accomplish with what time I have left, I'll try to fit some of the things that I want to do in. But I know now that God has purposed me for greatness. And this is a disservice to the gifts that he's given me if I don't act on them, if I don't make them come into fruition into the universe and and bless the world with the gifts that I have to give that are gifts that come from my father. Well, I, I agree with you. But what I'm hearing that really resounds with me is, a lot of people think that if you just have good intentions, that things are going to happen. But that's not true. No. The difference is that you took the time to go introspective, to write a list, to make sure that you wrote down what it was that you wanted to do. Because otherwise, changes don't happen. You all know the joke about the frog? No. What is it? Well, this is the only joke I can tell because I have joke deficit disorder. Um, <laughs> if there are five, I do. Uh, there are five frogs on a log. Four of them decide to jump off. How many are left? One. No, all five, because they just decided. They didn't do it. Oh. So the difference is intentions don't I get like you where actions do. And that's the difference. You took actions immediately. You said, I, I'm going to make changes. I'm going to write down my actions. And then you began the journey of taking them. Did you make all of them? Maybe not. But you certainly made a plan and you acted. You didn't just think about it. And that's the difference that I think people don't realize they accept their lives rather than leading their lives and so you are a perfect example of someone who intentionally decided to live their life i i did and i i have not one regret because of it one of the things that i would suggest for anyone to do if you're not into a list writing i'm a list writer But in addition to writing lists, I also vision board, Mm -hmm. making a vision board and having that visual. It's for me, it's a GPS for my year. It's a GPS for life. I'm I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I want to do, because sometimes there are so many external elements that can pull you and push you in different directions. If you have these visions of these visuals that you have constructed when you were in your private time, You can always look back and say, okay, that's where I'm headed. That's where I'm supposed to go. I feel like no one can really be truly successful without a plan. You got to have a plan. Well, and you're talking about, I think some other people might call it a dream board. A dream board, Or a vision board. But you're saying, you know, intentionally take a look Mm -hmm. and and make a plan. Because you're right. If you're you're going nowhere, 
any road will take you there. Exactly. If, if you want to go somewhere, you do have to have somewhat of a plan. And I think it's funny, Pam and I were talking on another program that oftentimes if you get off track a little bit, we wait till Mondays to start again. Well, why do we do that? We can start again today. <laughs> Right. Right. Or tomorrow instead. And so small changes like that really can make a difference in outcome. I completely agree. Completely agree. Small changes, baby steps, consistency, and knowing where you're going. Because one of the things that I found through my own life experiences, the moment I stopped making a plan, I adopted someone else's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's easy to get distracted in, in today's age and people need help or, or you want to help this person or you want to do that or something else interrupts. It's important to come back onto the track and that's where your vision board, your plan, your list. Um, I, I put post-it notes on my bathroom mirror <laughs> because it, it, if it's there, I won't forget it. And, and it's actually interesting that leadership experts talk about visuals are very important and reminders, um, even saying things to yourself each day that are positive affirmations. Whatever works for you, um, having a plan and executing upon that plan makes the difference. So, Al, how does someone get a hold of your book or to become part of your Facebook group um, to learn more about your inspiring vision and your continuing actions along this journey? Well, you can find me at my website, snapbackwithlbrown.com, okay. or you can get the book, Snapback with L. Brown, on Amazon. Mm-hmm. I would love for everyone listening to join Sweat Checks with L. Brown on Facebook so we can actually get moving because it's one of those things we talk about, you know, knowledge is not power, but action is power. So yes. I actually want to get people out there. And, and if this is a goal that you have for yourself for the new year, join the community of women that we have on Facebook. We Every month we do a 30 mile and 30 day challenge. It's not about the number. We want to put, a, we want to get out there to do at least a mile a day. But one of the things we find that when women get out there for one mile, they see just how quickly 15, 20 minutes pass and they find themselves doing two miles. So we just want to get you moving. So we want you to join our movement that again, that is sweat checks with L Brown on Facebook, snapback with L Brown.com, or, you know, just Look me up on Facebook as L Brown. My page is open and I'm always willing to talk to and help people who are looking to start their own journey. That is very generous of you. And it's also very generous to make your journey public because I think people do find that if someone else walks before them, some people need to follow other people and there's nothing wrong with that. It is a, a way to get started because I have a funny feeling that you have engendered a great number of leaders who are doing this now for their friends and family and sphere of influence. Yes. I've told my dad about sweat checks. He was like, what, what? Cause you know, he's non Facebook as a lot of people in my family. Are. <laughs> he said, what is this sweat check? Cause um, I guess my sister had told them about the Dr. Oz thing. And what I love about your story. And I was explaining to him and, and some of my friends is that you're, it's about intention and then right. action. Mm-hmm. So it's basically intention, visuals and otherwise, and then it's action. And I think that, that your story and, and narrative really sets the tone for that. And I, I, I love what you just said about setting the tone, because 
when I go in to present workshops, because that's my, my real love, because I'm a teacher and a trainer. When mm -hmm. I go in and I present workshops and I watch women do their vision boards and I see women who've never made a plan before have it all written out and all pasted out because it lived in their mind. But now that it's in front of them, they have to do something about it. And right, some of the, right. the stories I get afterwards, like, "L, you won't believe what I did because they put it right. in the universe and then it happens. Absolutely. That's the most beautiful thing. That is the most beautiful thing. When you put that intention out in the universe, mm -hmm. and then God conspires to help you. I mean, you right. put it out there, you know, so it's beautiful to see that unfold for, for folks. So, yeah, yeah, great stuff. So, Elle, to, as you speak to our audience today, what would you like to impart to them as perhaps parting words? Or uh, we have about two and a half minutes. So you've got some generous time to, to use to kind of sum it up. We've got two minutes left. My thing that I would tell anyone listening is life happens to the best of us, but you can snap back from wherever you are, whatever you need, whatever position you are in life. If you make a plan and you set quantitative goals, you can move yourself forward. Sometimes we get stuck in a rut and ruts can be a good thing because it's a place that we realize that this is not where I want to be. And it also gives you an opportunity now to build and to grow. So remember, life happens to everyone, but we can all change our situation. I'm fascinated about the ruts are, are really an opportunity for introspection and thinking. You're, you're absolutely right. Ruts can be that way. I don't know that too many people visualize them that way, but that's an interesting take on it. And I hope we... I know I will take that away. So ruts are for introspection. I like that very much. Elle, thank you so much for being with us today. I, I hope all of our listeners go out and find you on Facebook. And that was Sweat Checks with Elle Brown on Facebook. Um, your book, Snap Back with Elle Brown, which is on Amazon and on Veteran Caregiver. And we're so grateful that you came on our program today and shared your journey because it's yes, very yes. important to have positive messages at all times of the year and to know that no matter where we are, we can always become a better version of ourselves by making a plan, taking the small steps, executing upon them, and, and becoming right where we want to be. So thank you, Elle, and thank you all for listening to Military Network Radio, and we will be back next week. Thank you for tuning in today to Military Network Radio. You can find our show at our website, www.toginet.com forward slash Military Network Radio. Also, www.militarynetworkradio.com. And in iTunes under Military Network Radio. Join us next week when we bring you another program to enhance 